you know, if you're a patron, I see you. And I have a list because, you know, the list kind of changes every now and then, but I have a list and I spend time praying for you guys and the things that I see for, for, for a lot of you. And I'm still praying through those things and I'm asking the Lord to help you through those things. And so just know that you guys are in my prayer. You guys are in my prayer continually. Okay. Always continually. Um, I try not to spend too much time moving in this way because of course, um, we're just here to read the word. That's it. <laughs> That's all I'm here to do with you guys. We're here to read the word. We're here to spend some time reflecting on the word. This is why this is called the read and rant. We're just reading and reflecting. We're going to read for about 10 minutes today. It's going to be a little shorter given the time that we have. And we're going to reflect for a few. Um, and what we want to do is, is we're, we're just engaging in the reading of the word. We're going to read through the entire Bible, we're reading from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And we have successfully gone through Genesis all the way through Isaiah. And just the day before we had started in the book of Jeremiah and today we're in Jeremiah chapter eight. This is not a Bible study. This is a Bible reading. And so as we read the text, as we meditate through the text, I am asking you to ask three questions. And I want you to pray through these three questions that the Lord will reveal to you and speak to you uh, today regarding whatever he intends for you today through the activity of reading his word. And the three questions you're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? The second question that you're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question I want you to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? Let's get to it, y'all. Father, I thank you. Lord, as we engage in your word, Lord, bless us today. Lord, speak to each and every one of us. Lord, as we read your word, Father, I pray that we would be convicted, corrected, encouraged. Um, I pray, Lord, that, Lord, you would move, Lord, in each and every home, each and every place. Some of us are watching this in their morning. Some of us are watching this in their evening. Some of us are watching this in the middle of the day, wherever it is, in whatever time that we're watching it. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would allow this to be a blessing to us. And we ask that in your name, we pray. Amen. Jeremiah 8. And it says this. At that time, says the Lord, they shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah and the bones of its princes and the bones of the priests and the bones of the prophets and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of their graves. They shall spread them before the sun and the moon and all the hosts of heaven, which they have loved and which they have served and after which they have walked, which they have sought and which they have worshiped. They shall not be gathered nor buried. They shall be like refuse on the face of the earth. Then death shall be chosen rather than life by all the residue of those who remain of this evil family, who remain in all places where I have driven them, says the Lord of hosts. Moreover, you shall say to them, thus says the Lord, will they fall and not rise? Will one turn away and not return? Why has this people slidden back, Jerusalem, in a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. They listen and heard, but they did not speak aright. No man repented of his wickedness, saying, what have I done? Everyone turned to his own course as the horse rushes into battle. Even the stork of the heavens knows her appointed times and the turtle dove, the swift and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. How can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? Look at the false pen and the scribe certainly works falsehood. The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom do they have? Therefore, I will give their wives to others and their fields to those who will inherit them. Because from the least even to the greatest, everyone is given to covetousness. From the prophet even to the priest, everyone deals falsely, for they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed an abomination? No, they were not all ashamed nor did they know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. In the time of their punishment, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. I will surely consume them, says the Lord. No grapes shall be on the vine, nor figs on the fig tree, and the leaf shall fade, and the things I have given them shall pass away from them. Why do we still sit still? 
assemble yourselves and let us enter the fortified cities and let us be silent there for the Lord our God has put us to silence and given us water of gall to drink because we have sinned against the Lord. We looked for peace, but no good came. And for a time of health, and there was trouble. The snorting of his horses was heard from Don. The whole earth trembled at the sound of the neighing of his strong ones. For they have come and devoured the land and all that is in it, the city and those who dwell in it. For behold, I will send serpents among you, vipers which cannot be charmed, and they shall bite you, says the Lord. I will comfort myself in sorrow. My heart is faint in me. Listen, the voice, the cry of the daughter of my people from a far country. Is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her king in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their carved images, with their foreign idols? The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the hurt of the daughter and of my people am hurt. I am mourning. Astonishment has taken hold of me. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no recovery for the health of the daughter of my people? Jeremiah 9. Oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place for travelers, that I might leave my people and go from them. For they are all adulterers, an assembly of treacherous men. And like their bow, they have bent their tongues for lies. They are not valiant for the truth of the earth, for they, sh for they proceed from evil to evil. And they do not know me, says the Lord. Everyone take heed to his neighbor. And do not trust any brother, for every brother will utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slanderers. Everyone will deceive his neighbor and, and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongues to speak lies. They weary themselves to commit iniquity. Their dwelling place is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit, they refuse to know me, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts. Behold, I will refine them and try them. For how shall I deal with the daughter of my people? Their tongue is an arrow shot out. It speaks deceit. One speaks peaceably to his neighbor with his mouth, but in his heart he lies in wait. Shall I not punish them for these things, says the Lord? Shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? I will take up a weeping and wailing for the mountains and for the dwelling places of the wilderness, a lamentation because they are burned up so that no one can pass through, nor can man hear the voice of the cattle. Both the birds of the heavens and the beasts have fled. They are, they are gone. I'll make Jerusalem a heap of ruins and a den of jackals. I'll make the cities of Judah desolate without in, an inhabitation. Who is the wise man who may understand this? And who is he to whom the mouth of the Lord has spoken? that he may declare it. Why does the land perish and burn up like a wilderness so that no one can pass through? And the Lord said, because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them and have not obeyed my voice, nor walked according to it. And they have walked according to the dictates of their own hearts and after the bales, which their fathers taught them. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will feed them this people with wormwood and give them water of gall to drink. I will scatter them among the Gentiles whom neither they nor their fathers have known. And I will send a sword after them until I have consumed them. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider the consider and call for the morning women that they may come and send for skillful wailing women that they may come and then make haste and take up a wailing for us, that our eyes may run with tears and our eyes gush with water, for a voice of wailing is heard from Zion. How we are plundered. We are greatly ashamed because we have forsaken the land, because we have cast out of our dwellings, because we have been, sorry, because we have been cast out of our dwellings. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O women, and let your ear receive the word of his mouth. Teach your daughters wailing 
and everyone her neighbor a, a lamentation. For death has come through our windows, has entered our palaces to kill off our children, no longer to be outside, and young men no longer on the streets. Speak, thus says the Lord. Even the carcasses of men shall fall as refuse on an open field, like cuttings after the harvester, and no one shall gather them. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise men glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty men glory in his might, nor let the rich men glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will punish all who are circumcised with the uncircumcised. Egypt, Judah, Edom, the people of Ammon, Moab, and all who are in the farthest corners who dwell in the wilderness, for all these nations are uncircumcised. And all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in the heart. So much to unpack there. Jeremiah 10. Hear the word which the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord. Do not learn the way of the Gentiles. Do not be dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the Gentiles are dismayed at them. For the customs of the peoples are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest and the work of the hands of the workmen with an axe. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so that they so that it will not topple. They are upright like a palm tree and they cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot go by themselves. Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, nor can they do any good. Inasmuch as there is none like you, O Lord, you are great and your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O king of the nations? For this is your rightful due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all the kingdoms, there is none like you. And they are altogether dull-hearted and foolish. A wooden idol is a worthless doctrine. Silver is beaten into plates and is brought from Tarshish and gold from Ufas. The work of the craftsmen, the hands of the metalsmith, blue and purple are their clothing. They are all the work of skillful men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth will tremble and the nations will not be able to endure his indignation. Thus, you shall say to them, the gods have not made the heavens and the earth shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom. He has stretched out the heavens at his discretion. When he utters his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens and he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain. He brings the wind out of his treasuries. Everyone is dull-hearted without knowledge. Every metal smith is put to shame by an image, for his molded image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. They are futile, a work of errors. In the time of their punishment, they shall perish. The portion of Jacob is not like them for he is the maker of all things, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Gather up your wares from the land, O inhabitant of the fortress. For thus says the Lord, behold, I will throw out at this time the inhabitants of the land, and I will distress them that they may find it so. Woe is me for my hurt. My wound is severe, but I say, Truly, this is an infirmity, and I must bear it. My tent is plundered, and all my cords are broken. My children have gone from me, and they are no more. There is no one to pitch my tent anymore or set up my curtains, for the shepherds have become dull-hearted and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper, and all their flocks shall be scattered. Behold, the noise of the report has come and a great commotion out of the north country to make the cities of Judah desolate, a den of jackals. O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. 
It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Hmm. O Lord, correct me, but with justice. Not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. Pour out your fury on the Gentiles who do not know you and on the families who do not call on your name, for they have eaten up Jacob, devoured him and consumed him and made his dwelling place desolate. I'll read one more chapter. Jeremiah 11. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, hear the words of this covenant and speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and say to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, cursed is the man who does not obey the words of this covenant, which I commanded your fathers in the day I brought them out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace saying, obey my voice and do according to all that I command you so shall you be my people and I will be your God, that I may establish my oath, which I have sworn to your fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey as it is this day. And I answered and said, so be it, Lord. Then the Lord said to me, proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, hear the words of this covenant and do them. For I earnestly exhorted your fathers in the day I brought them out of the land of Egypt until this day, rising early and exhorting, saying, obey my voice. Yet, 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 sorry, yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but everyone followed the dictates of his evil heart. Therefore, I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, by which they have not done. And the Lord said to me, a conspiracy has been found among the men of Judah and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They have turned back to their iniquities of their forefathers who refused to hear my words. And they have gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will surely bring calamity on them, which they will not be able to escape. And though they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. Then the cities of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem will go out, sorry, will go and cry out to the gods to whom they offer incense, for they will not save them at all in the time of their trouble. Hmm. For according to the number of your cities where your gods, where your gods, O Judah, and according to the number of the streets of Jerusalem, you have set up altars to that shameful thing, altars to burn incense to Baal. So do not pray for this people or lift up a cry or prayer for them, for I will not hear them in the time that they cry out to me because of their trouble. What has my beloved to do in my house? Having done lewd deeds with many and the holy flesh has passed from you. When you do evil, then you rejoice. The Lord called your name green olive tree, lovely and of good fruit. With, with the noise of great tumult, he has kindled a fire on it and its branches are broken. For the Lord of hosts who planted you has pronounced doom against you for the evil of the house of Israel and of the house of Judah, which they have done against themselves to provoke me to anger and offering incense to Baal. Now the Lord gave me knowledge of it and I know it for you showed me their doings. But I was like a docile lamb brought to the slaughter. I did not know what they had devised, that they had devised schemes against me saying, let us destroy the tree with his fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living that his name may be remembered no more. But O Lord of hosts, you who judge righteously, testing the mind and the heart, let me see your vengeance on them. For to you, I have revealed my cause. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the men of Anathoth, who seek your life, saying, Do not prophesy in the name of the Lord, lest you die by your hand. Sorry, by our hand. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will punish them. The young men shall die by the sword. Their sons and daughters shall die by famine. And there shall be no remnant of them. For I will bring catastrophe on the men of Anathoth even the year of their punishment. <clears throat> I 
this is um this is a lot and as you know this is something we commit to doing to be quite frank with you our time here is done <laughs> um this is the reading rand yes i put this on the podcast which is available to you guys on spotify and on apple and i you can listen to just by rant after this but <laughs> What I desire for you is to actually read the whole thing and to read it with me. And then after that, if you you got what you need to get, you get what you need to get and you go, right? So if you're done and you want to move on, that's perfectly fine. I do want to spend, however, a few minutes because, again, with the rant, and I call it a rant because there's nothing really um, planned or coordinated. There's nothing. I, I don't have notes on this. I didn't come prepared to say anything other than to just reflect on what I've read after I've read it. And so I will spend a few moments reflecting on it because there's a lot here, but I can only give you a few points since I have to leave in a few minutes. I don't even know if I can give a few points. Um, <laughs> maybe one point, who knows? But I do want to leave a thought and we're going to get to that thought. But before we get to that thought, I want to make sure you guys understand the context of this. This is a tough part of the reading. And the reason why it's a tough part of reading, it's hard to be encouraged in the midst of all of this because it looks like, it looks bad all across the board. It looks bad all across the board for Israel. Jeremiah, who if you notice, this is really, it almost seems like it was written in past tense or it was written after the fact. This is a compilation of writings that Jeremiah wrote during the time when Israel had fallen into idolatry and into compromise. We talked about this yesterday. And the idolatry and the compromise is not like what some of y'all like to think, or some people like to think, oh, you know, they were just worshiping other idols, you know, and yeah, I guess they made a mistake. No, we're talking about the kind of worship that left the weak, um, that exposed the weak, that disenfranchised those that were in need. It was the kind of worship that um, left children dead. It's the kind of worship that caused the exploitation of those who were um, the weakest among them. Uh, little girls were being exploited um, in ways that I wouldn't want to describe here because there are probably kids listening to this. Things that you wouldn't even put on TV. Things that wouldn't even be allowed to be put in a movie. That's the kind of things that were happening. And Israel was engaging in it. Child sacrifice, all parts of, uh, all elements of Canaanite worship. And so we see now this is the way Israel has been living. And this is what Israel has been doing. And then, of course, what's even more tragic is that Israel is doing this during the week. And yet somehow they still show up to the temple on the Sabbath, <laughs> on whatever day, to perform their ritualistic practices that relate to their Hebrewness or their Jewishness. They were good practicing Hebrew people, practicing elements of the law or what they thought was the law, practicing um, elements of the sacrificial worship and the sacrificial law. Going to the temple to do the things that, you know, good Hebrew people should do. And then afterwards leave and go back to worshiping the Canaanite gods in the way that the Canaanite people would do. It was compromise. It was hypocrisy. And in all of that, God is, God is upset. God is upset because they, they missed the whole purpose of the law. The purpose of the law wasn't just the practice of the Sabbath. The purpose of the law wasn't just the um, um, compliance to, you know, all the sacrificial laws that they saw. There were elements of the law that they kept and the other elements of the law they just ignored. And yet the elements of the law that you see that God is most offended by is at the core, the umbrella, the purpose of the law, which is for the sake of the flourishing of humanity to 
protect those who are weak, those who are less capable, those who are more vulnerable. They did not follow the elements of the law for in totality what the law even existed for, which you'll read later on in Hosea chapter 6, when he says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. They ignored all of that. They were more concerned with making sure they were compliant to whatever it is that their form of worship looked like. And so they were doing worship in the way they felt that that was right. But after that, they can do whatever it is that they feel like they should do outside that related to their culture. Because the culture sacrificed babies. The culture exploited little girls. The culture oppressed women. That's what the culture did. Oh, but them? Yeah, we can, we can follow the culture as long as we go into the temple as long as we do the temple stuff, God isn't happy with it. God is upset. And now here Jeremiah stands and God, and he's speaking about the consequences of these decisions that Israel has made. Jeremiah has been writing this and he's been speaking all this, but nobody's been listening. And after all of this now, we see now that Israel is on the other side of it. Israel now has fallen into captivity. By the time Israel reads this, Israel has already fallen into captivity. Israel is under Babylonian rule. Babylon, Babylon has already taken over. And mind you, we've already read about all of this. This is all happening at this time. Okay, this is all happening around First and Second Chronicles. We read this already. We read the end of Chronicles when Israel has, has when, when not only Israel, but Judah, Israel in the north, had been overtaken by the Babylonians. And Judah in the south would also be overtaken by the Babylonians, the Ethiopians, and the Assyrians. And so now we see all of this and we see what has happened. And now I, now what Jeremiah is doing is Jeremiah is putting language behind it. This is why Jeremiah is so sad. Jeremiah is sad because what's being transcribed here is now what he sees on the other side of it. Can you imagine warning people for so long about how this is not what God called you to do? This is not how God called you to live. We were called to be a distinct people. We were called to show the world what real justice looks like. And so, of course, Jeremiah is weeping. He is, yeah, that's exactly right. He's the weeping prophet because nobody listened. Nobody listened, and they broke their covenant with God. The consequence of it now is that he sees the people now who are lost and under now the rule of Babylon. It's the I told you so that you would have wished you never said. It's the I told you so that I wish I just never had to tell you so. It's the I told you so I wish I never had to say I told you so. And yet here, Isaiah is basically saying, I told you so. At the core, this is what this is all about. At the core, this is what the book of Jeremiah, if I were to simplify and say, well, what's another, what's a, what's a tagline for Jeremiah? A tagline for Jeremiah would be, I told you so. I told you so. I told you God's not going to accept you living this way. I told you so. I told you God's not going to accept you living with this kind of injustice. I told you so. I told you that, that, that this is what was going to happen. I told you so. And he's not, and notice Jeremiah, this, 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 this prophetic voice that Jeremiah has. Notice Jeremiah is not speaking in anger. Jeremiah is speaking in, in hurt and depression. After this book, you have another book, which is going to be even worse. The book is literally called Lamentations. He's just straight up weeping at this point, weeping for the land, weeping for the nation of Israel, weeping for the people, because again, the destiny of humanity hangs on these people. And these people fall profoundly short. And so when he says the cities of Judah, if you notice in um in, in, in Jeremiah 11, verse 12, the cities of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, notice, uh, now he's talking about Judah, not just Israel, but also Judah in the south. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem will go and cry out 
to the gods to whom they offer incense and they will not save them at all in the time of their trouble. This is where I want to stay. And this is where I want to stop. I wanted and I highlighted this because I want to make sure you understand what's happening here. Israel has broken their covenant with God. And he starts off with Jeremiah 11, where he talks about the covenant and how Israel broke this covenant. Remember, they made a covenant with God at Mount Sinai. We read this already in, um, in Exodus. They make a covenant with God at Mount Sinai. And in that covenant with God, God made it very clear. And, and, and this is what Jeremiah is doing. Jeremiah is helping give them reference to help them see at the big picture. This is what God wanted. He said, obey my voice and do according to all that I command you. So shall you be, sorry, in verse four, in 11, verse four, so shall you be my people and I will be your God that I may establish the oath which I have sworn to your fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey. And I answered and said, so be it, Lord. Again, this is Jeremiah with God. And so what Jeremiah is saying is that when God gave his command, his command was literally to hear my voice. What does that mean to obey my voice? Notice he didn't say obey my law. He didn't say obey my words. He said obey my voice. And I, and I find this interesting because for many people, we're so busy fixating ourselves on the law that we forget about the voice. God said, obey my voice, not obey my law. And you're going to see this terminology over and over again. You cannot know the law of God without the voice of God. But to know the voice of God, you have to have relationship with God. You have to be close to him. You have to be near him. Because ready for this? If you look at the words, you won't even see because you won't see it because you've been looking at it through the filter of whatever your perspective and your point of view is. You know what's wrong today with the church? What's wrong today with the church, and this happens in so many instances, and I guess now I'm going full-blown rant. What's wrong with the church today is, is that we read his word, but we don't hear his voice. Let me say that one more time. The problem with the church today is we know a lot about his word, but we don't hear his voice. This is the issue with the church. We know a lot of Bible, but we don't hear his voice. We know a lot of scripture, but we don't hear his voice. We, we hear, we get a lot of word, but we don't hear his voice. And just like Israel and Jeremiah 11, they, they have his word, they have the covenant, but they haven't obeyed his voice. He said, I brought them out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace saying to them, what did I say to them? I said to them, obey my voice and do according to all that I command you. If you have the commandments, but you don't have the voice of God, it leaves you nowhere. I'm going to tell you why. Because fam, when you only have words, but you don't have the voice behind the word, you miss the whole purpose of the word. I'm going to give you an example. You ever had a text argument? You ever had a text that you sent? And after you sent the text, you realize that text just didn't come out the way it should have came out. You ever text a friend or text your spouse, text your husband, text your wife. And after you text them, um, all of a sudden they text you back and they feel some type of way about the text because the text is just words. <laughs> and then after you send the text, you go, wait, what did I say something? And then all of a sudden you're going back and forth and you get into a full-blown text argument over something that's not even an argument. And then afterwards, you call, and it's when you start talking to each other, you begin to get understanding. Oh, I see what you meant. Oh, then why didn't you say it like that? 
Well, because it doesn't translate very well over text. That's how it is with a lot of us. We have the text, but we don't hear the tone. We know the word of God, but we don't hear the voice of God. And for a lot of us, that's what we're actually missing. We're actually missing this. We hear the word, we, we see the words, but we don't hear the voice. And here's the problem. The problem is when we hear the word of God, or we read the words, but we don't obey his voice, we filter out whatever it is we want to filter out of it. And we start filtering out based off of our um, experience. We start filtering out based off of our perspectives, based off of our cultural context. Have you ever wondered how the church gets so lost in the sauce when everybody has the same Bible? Have you ever wondered how two churches with the same Bible come up with two completely different things? Have you, have you wondered how one person with the word could speak life and another person with the word could speak death and condemnation? Have you ever wondered how, how is that possible? That we can misinterpret our reading of the word. How do we get caught up in that? We get caught up because we don't actually get the tone. We actually don't hear his voice. And so we argue back and forth. We argue back and forth on text and we argue back and forth on the words and we, we, we split and, and we, we, we parse and we argue and we bicker and we debate and we, and here's what's unfortunate is that nobody's hearing his voice. You know what I see on TikTok a lot? You know what I see on Twitter a lot? You know what I see on Instagram? I see more on TikTok than any other of the platforms. I see people who sit around back and forth arguing over scripture. And I look at them, I go, damn, you both got it wrong. And not only do you both have it wrong, you both make Christians look bad. You make the Christian faith look really bad. It is, it is really, really unattractive right now. <laughs> and they're both arguing and realizing, wow, both of you guys are off arguing over a topic or a point that doesn't even matter. Y'all both wrong. I don't ever want to get caught in those things. You will never see me caught in those debates. You want to know why? Because those words do not matter without the voice of God. And for many people, we get the word, but we don't hear his voice. And until you hear the voice of your heavenly father, until you hear the voice of God in the midst of it, you're going to miss it. And you really can't hear the voice of God until you get near him. I find that so many people have good theology and yet they do not know God. Oh yeah, they have good doctrine and they can preach. They can preach you. They can preach you a good, a good, solid theologically sound word, but you leave there going, there's no life in this. I just got a bunch of ideas, but I don't know the person. And ready for this? It is the voice of God that actually transforms you. And if you have his commandments and his word without his voice, doesn't matter. And if they have his commandments, but because they do not hear his voice, the same commandments that they're reading gets filtered through culture. The same commandments that they're reading gets filtered through their environment. This is why when we read the Bible, people miss exactly what the Bible's saying, not because it's so complicated, but because we're not hearing the voice of God. And because we're not drawn to his voice, because we don't hear his voice, we just sit there and go, well, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm hearing. I remember years ago, it was a good friend, a good brother who transformed everything for me. He would read a verse to me 
And mind you, I was studying the scripture. I was reading the scripture. And he read a verse to me. And after he read the verse, he said, so what do you think? And I went, I never, I never saw that there. He said, and you know what he said? How can you not see that? It's right there. And I was like, I don't know. And then he was like, wait, but so what have you been reading? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know now. I had to literally go back and reread the whole Bible all over again. Cause like, how did I miss? It was, a, it was a key piece that I just missed. It's like, it was right there. It's right. I, I was literally reading it. I just froze. And I went, hold up. How many times have I read this verse? Like, for example, um, and now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask for or think according to the power that worketh in you. This whole time I'm like, oh, God's going to do it for me. But then I just miss according to the power that worketh in you. No, God doesn't do it for me. God does it through me. You know, we're so busy waiting on God to do things for us, not realizing that the power of God works through us, in us, according to the power that worketh in you. So you're so busy asking God to do it for you and God's saying, no, submit to me and I'll do it through you. We're waiting on God to do things and God's waiting on us to have the faith to do it through him. It's through us that God does things. It's through us that God moves. In him, we live and move and have our being. Like, But like, it's those little things that sometimes we just miss. But here's the thing. We all have been filtering the Bible. We all have. We've all been filtering it through our culture. We've been filtering it through our context. So we just miss key things in the Bible that we just, we just miss it. Why? Because we're not actually hearing the voice of God when we're reading the word of God. We're reading the text, but we're not hearing the tone. And man, we take something that's so simple. It is exactly that, Lori. It is Western blindness. Western Christianity is like, this is, it's, it's this much of God. <laughs> But when you begin to see the Christian faith from an Eastern lens, you begin to see the broad level, but you can't even see that because you're not hearing the voice of God. I'm sorry, y'all. And notice what he says to them next and I'm done because I got to go. I'm, I'm going over time again, y'all. This is, this is what happens when you rant. You just, you just keep, oh God. Going back to verse 12, I'm just stuck on chapter 11. I could go all day. Because God asked him one more time. Sorry, in verse 7, he says, he says, For I earnestly exhorted your fathers in the day I brought them out of the land of Egypt until this day, rising early and exhorting, saying, Obey my voice. You know that they should have never received the law? I We talked about this already in Exodus. I feel like I'm doing a Bible study now. I'm doing some teaching, but whatever. I'll teach a little bit. But you know, the law was, they were never supposed to have received the law. That That all they needed was the voice of God. They asked out of fear because they were so afraid of his voice that God said, okay, I'll call a prophet who will bring you my law. That wasn't God's original plan. That's not what God intended. God never intended for a law to be written. God intended, you can go back to Exodus, go and see it again. That wasn't God's plan begrudgingly, and I say that because it is God, so it's always weird to say it this way. It was begrudgingly that God gave them the law because all they needed was his voice. If, if, you, if you have the voice of God, think about this for a second. If you have the voice of God, why do you need the law of God? <laughs> but we need the law of God because we are inhibited in our ability to hear the voice of God. 
Now, here's the confidence we have is the law that is written is God's law and we can follow it. But here's the problem, though, is we still read this law as much as it gives us framework to God and to his will and to his desire. We read his word, but we don't seek after his voice. And this is the travesty of many great you know, theologians and great thinkers is they know a lot of scripture, but they still don't know Jesus. They know a lot of doctrine, but they still don't know Jesus. This will get me in trouble, y'all. I'm sorry if this gets me in trouble. But notice what it says, and I'm done. Is that in verse 9, the Lord said to me, a conspiracy has been found among the men of Judah, according to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They have turned back to the iniquities of their fathers, who refused them, who refused to hear my words. Notice, it didn't say read my words, hear my words. So going back to what we were just talking about, again, you can see this in Exodus. A conspiracy has been found among the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They have turned back to the iniquities of their forefathers who refused to hear my words. And they have gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Like their fathers, they refuse to hear my words. And notice what he says next, and this is the travesty. Then the cities of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem will go and cry to the gods that they worshiped, the other gods that they worshiped. That's who they're going to go and cry to. The other gods who they chase after, that's who they're going to go and cry to. Which even says more. That even when God left them, they, their contingency was their gods. If you're really sold out for God, how can you have another voice to go to? If you're really sold out for Christ, how can you have something else to ride on? I'm going to say something. I'm going to speak very, very quietly because I don't want to get into too much trouble. This is the lamentations of Jeremiah. And so it's going to sound a little, a little harsh and a little tough, but stay with me, fam, because I'm, all, I'm saying this all in love. There's some people today, the reason why they're going to horoscopes, the reason why you're going to astrology, the reason why you're burning sage, the reason why you're doing all these other things is because you haven't heard from God. You haven't heard from the voice of God. And so because you haven't heard from the voice of God, rather than digging in deeper, yearning after him, saying, God, I won't leave here till I hear your voice, you chased after another one. You went after another God, something else to help you make sense of whatever it is you're going through, something else to help you combat those evil spirits, something else to help you get that bad energy out, that negative energy, not realizing, oh, snap. I was never really sold out for Christ. I was just there until I couldn't hear from him anymore. And then when I didn't hear from him, I just moved on. And this is what Jeremiah is weeping. So today my challenge for you is, are you going to other crutches? Are you going to other things? Are you going chasing after other things? Have you really heard the voice of God? Or have you burdened yourself with the lack of hearing the voice of God by chasing after other idols and other gods and other things to satisfy what you feel like you're missing in this moment? Because if you're really sold out for Christ, like if you're really sold out for God, and this is just, it's going to get a little tough, but it's the reality. If you're really sold out for God, it's nothing else. It's all him. 
So today my challenge for you is this, if you haven't heard from him in a while, get on your knees again and pray. Seek him. Seek him entirely. Like let go of all that other stuff. Put all that stuff away. You've been trying it and you know it hasn't been working. You think it hasn't been working. It's like a, you know, it's a placebo effect, baby. But those things have no power. God even says it in his text. He even says it right here. He says, you're going after gods that cannot speak. They cannot move. They can't do anything. They can't influence positive spirits or negative spirits. They're literally inanimate objects that do nothing. They have no power. You're doing something that has no power that's just keeping you in bondage. And yet the one that has the power, you haven't yearned after him, desired after him. But here's the thing. If you will desire after the creator of the universe who loves you more than anything in the world, he will respond. But you got to be sold out. Come on now, guys. Would you? Would you be cool? Would you be cool with somebody saying to you, um... You know, I'm all in. I want to get married to you. But in case this doesn't work out, I got a side piece over here on this side. How would you feel about that? You know, God, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm serving you with all my, but I still got, you know, I still got the little horoscope thing on the side. I still got the little sage thing on the side. I still got, you know, the other things on the side. You know, I, you know, you know, in case you don't work out, I still can go back to that. Are you sold out? Are you hearing text and teaching text and reading text, exegeting text, but missing the tone? Today, let's chase after the voice of God. Father, I thank you today, Lord, as we um, navigate through this day, Lord. There are those of us right now, Lord, who are confronting the fact that in many ways you've been silent, haven't heard from you. So, Father, I pray that you would today Lord, remove every distraction from our lives. Quiet our spirit. Lord, that we would hear from you again. To hear your voice. To get the tone to the text. That, Lord, we'd be drawn back to your presence. Father, teach us to be sold out entirely for you. Not partly, not uh, no contingencies. That not, not, not plan A, plan B, but the only plan, the only thing we have, the only thing we can trust. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Fam, I got to run. I got to go. Um, I'm praying for y'all throughout the day. Same thing. Um, but I do want to encourage you guys. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading.